Missouri's had an excellent defense all season, but Tennessee found some advantages to exploit, and boy, did they. Plus, a hot start by Missouri basketball somewhat overshadowed by Isaiah Mosley's absence on Friday. So let's talk about all that and more right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code locked on and get your first deposit doubled up to 100 USD. And I tell you, that was a that was a disappointing game yesterday for Missouri. Obviously on, on a number of different levels, the Tigers in fact gave up Tennessee's school record in yardage yesterday. 700 and 24 yards of total offense by the Volunteers. And, well, if you were a little irritated at the end when Josh Heupel was still trying to put yards and points up on the board, I get it. I really do. I wasn't happy about the whole thing, and yet I was more embarrassed than I was mad that Josh Heupel was trying to score. It was more embarrassing that Tennessee has their backup quarterback in, and yet there's still nothing Missouri can really do about it. And it felt I felt the defense's frustration at the end of that ball game too, but you know what? Good for them. They gathered themselves, shook the Vols' hands at the end of the game, and didn't do anything stupid and start some brawl or something that would have been even more embarrassing because quite honestly, as I said in the preview episode, it's one thing if the team's going to leave in their first stringers and run up the score, but hey, when they're putting in the backups, especially on senior day, you know what? Those guys practice hard. They get to go out there and play too. And just from the coach's perspective, again, you want to evaluate these guys, right? You don't want to just see them run straight handoffs for eight straight snaps. So I don't mind it whatsoever. I minded that Missouri gave up 66 points and over 700 yards of total offense. But to me, the running up the score at the end, yeah, it hurt. It definitely hurt my pride for sure, and I'm sure it hurt that defense's pride, but I don't really know how you get mad at Josh Heupel and Tennessee for that. If you're mad, well, go stop them. I think maybe the most frustrating part of all, at least for me, I, I was off to a I was on a frustrating Saturday anyway, but we'll, we'll leave that aside. So maybe that was my own personal thing here, but first half, it just felt like the defense was really hanging in there nicely against obviously an excellent, excellent, excellent Tennessee offense. Maybe the best offense in the entire country. If there's a better one, I sure as heck haven't seen it. But at the same time, while Missouri was hanging in there, it just seemed like there'd be a penalty at the wrong time. Sometimes a questionable penalty, by the way. It's the second week in a row. I don't feel like Missouri's gotten the benefit of a lot of whistles. We'll talk about one call in particular that went against Missouri twice that I think is a rule at the very least the NCAA should look at. But obviously, in a 66-24 ball game, you're not blaming the officials, right? I'm just saying early in that ball game, before it all spiraled out of control on Missouri, actually I thought Missouri's defense hung in there very, very well. 
for the most part. But unfortunately, Missouri cuts the lead to 28-24, and there was just a huge busted play. Jalen Hyatt lines up all the way on the left side, and nobody's over there with him. I'm not sure what happened there, but poor Chris Abrams' drain. It was just a a two-on-one convoy down the field. He had no chance to make a play there, and it just felt like from that moment on, the momentum was gone, the spirit was a little bit down, and for the Missouri offense, the whole team, to already have 24 at that point was more than you would expect. So just to give up one snap later, to give that lead back on a touchdown, I just think that was too much for the team. And eventually, hey, Josh Heupel, when he finds an advantage, he not only attacks it, he attacks it relentlessly and with speed. And unfortunately, Missouri looked like Delaware State circa 2016 yesterday in that second half. They really did, and that was tough to take. And the advantage that Josh Heupel truly felt like he had was against the Missouri safeties. Over and over again, early in the game, it was Jalen Carlisle. Eventually, it was Joseph Charleston. Martez Manuel gave up a touchdown pass over the top. So it wasn't any one guy. It was just all the safeties in general because if you watched Chris Abrams drain, if you watched Dennis Rakestraw, who broke up some plays early in the ball game, also collided with his own player, unfortunately. Can't blame anybody there. Again, just another part of that frustrating start defensively. Missouri gets pressure in the backfield, hits Hooker, causes the ball to flutter, and unfortunately, Rakestraw and possibly Charleston, I can't remember who the other player is, but they collide into each other. Fortunately, Rakestraw was okay, but that was, again, one of those moments where it just felt like the defense was so close to making a big play, to getting off the field, to getting a turnover, but it just didn't quite happen. And then eventually, third quarter, the dam broke, and, well, once Missouri, or excuse me, once Tennessee figured out that they could throw on Missouri's safeties, well, Eventually, it seemed like the Tigers did adjust by putting perhaps another guy off the line of scrimmage out of the box to help out with the passing game. But then, unfortunately, the run game, the floodgates opened there, and suddenly Tennessee was able to just run the ball extremely effectively. The Tigers just didn't really have an answer. So I really think that while as embarrassing as it would be to give up 700-plus yards total offense, 66 points for this defense – I just think this was a unique matchup for the Tigers. I think some people will say, well, Missouri's defense got exposed this week. Except here's the problem with that. That presumes that Missouri has played no one before that. Missouri's defense was certainly not exposed against Georgia. But again, the dogs are more of a, at least compared to Tennessee and Josh Heupel, a much more traditional almost pro-style these days type of offense, one that Missouri just matched up much better with. Because everything that Heupel did, well, he took advantage of Missouri's relative weaknesses. I don't think Missouri's safeties are bad in pass coverage or anything, but Heupel just consistently was able to get receivers where he wanted in matchups he wanted, and frankly, there was just nothing Missouri could do about that. So I thought it was interesting that Rick Neuheisel spent a big chunk of the broadcast praising Brady Cook and an improved Missouri offense. Well, my thoughts weren't quite as optimistic as Coach Neuheisel's. And by the way, speaking of some ugly statistics, not only did Missouri give up 
Tennessee's school record in offense. Well, that was the most yards Missouri has given up in a game since I was three years old, all the way back against Oklahoma in 1986 when the Tigers gave up 750 total yards to the Sooners that day. But you know what? I have some better numbers for you, some better numbers to play with over at Underdog Fantasy because here's the deal. If college football is getting a little bit depressing this time of year, yes, the Tigers are not going to reach seven wins. They're not going to get eight. They're not going to reach their heights. But you know what? There's plenty of fun to be had over at Underdog Fantasy. Today, for instance, you could have taken Jaden Daniels against Arkansas because the Razorbacks are 129th in America in passes given up per game. Or you could go with JT Daniels from West Virginia. Notice a theme here. I'm going with guys who could have played quarterback for the Tigers but did not. But you know what? Regardless of what you want to do, it's easy to play underdog fantasy in over 30 states. You can pick between two and five players across any team, not just your team, and decide if they will finish higher or lower. It's as simple as that. So sign up with the promo code locked on. That's one word locked on, and underdog will double your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. Deposit a hundred, get a hundred free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find underdog fantasy in your app store. That's underdog fantasy promo code locked on. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. Thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today from the big games, the big stories, go beyond the box score, and behind the scenes with Locked On's local experts giving you the type of insights only they can provide. So Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. And you know what? Again, Rick Neuheisel. Maybe the biggest fan of the Missouri football offense I've heard all year. A lot of praise thrown toward the improvement of Brady Cook, I guess, during the game. I don't know how much how much Rick has actually seen Brady Cook play this year. But first of all, when Missouri cut the game to 28-24, that beautiful little play-action pass to the slot fade to Dominic Lovett, just a perfect pass by Brady Cook. Great catch, as good of a pass as Brady has thrown in his time with the Tigers. So that was obviously a beautiful moment. You're going third quarter. Whoa, hey. And then Missouri proceeds to give up 38 unanswered. But I, I'm at this moment, I prefer to be like Rick Neuheisel and look at the bright side of things. But, but no, seriously, for as much as I would like to believe Rick, because Lord knows I like to be optimistic too. I, I hate wallowing in negativity. I like to find something to be happy about and to look forward to. Perhaps that's a defense mechanism. But I have to say, for as much as I enjoyed the fact that Missouri had 24 points so far in that game, well, I wasn't exactly looking at that as a banner offensive performance either. You might remember the touchdown pass to Towski Dove. Well, that was less of a good throw by Brady Cook, in my opinion. That was supposed to be a ball thrown outside that was thrown inside that almost seemed to fool the Tennessee defensive backs as much as anything. Towski makes a really nice adjustment, 
catches the ball. The two Tennessee defenders collide against each other, allowing Dove to walk into the end zone. Hey, great play for Missouri. Not sure how sustainable that type of pass is. Kind of the same deal with the long Brady Cook run play that ended up getting Missouri on the board. Although I will say that spread them out action where Missouri would put would would put either Nathaniel Pete at least on one short yardage conversion, Dominic Lovett notably on another play where they'd have a jet sweep man and Brady Cook had the option of either handing it or keeping it, <coughs> excuse me, on a read and going right up the middle. That type of play, in my opinion, is actually a sustainable type run play that you can build a lot of an offense around. But at the same time, counting on Brady to have a 50-plus yard run play on each and every drive, well, that's not realistic. So to me, this has been what we saw on Saturday was very similar to the Missouri offense that we've seen all year. There was at least five three and outs in that game, maybe maybe six. There was five through about halfway through the third quarter. I'm sure Missouri probably had another three and out or two after that. I'm just going on the numbers I heard on the broadcast. Either way, Sure, Missouri had some explosive plays just like they have at times this season, but as far as being able to sustain drives, especially in this game, to actually keep that Missouri defense off of the field a little while because even if you just get two or three first downs, get to midfield and punt on maybe two or three of those three and outs instead of just immediately going three and out, well, that makes a huge, huge difference field position wise and just in terms of rest because eventually sort of like the Missouri defense did quite honestly they wore out I felt like in the fourth quarter against Georgia well they wore out in this game too but a little bit earlier the thing is that up-tempo Josh Heupel style offense they are going to test your depth and for as good as Missouri's first string is well you start getting into that second string a little bit more starts getting questionable and by the way, obviously, even though any sort of questionable refereeing or bizarre rules, that type of thing, clearly didn't have any impact on the actual result. Tennessee was by far the better team, and and it deserved to win. Now, having said that, there's a couple moments in that game that I found incredibly frustrating, which was the two horse collar tackle penalties on Missouri, because on both of these plays... The Tennessee ball carrier would put his either be an offensive, what I would call either an offensive face mask or an offensive hands to the face where the guy puts out a stiff arm, stiff arms the Missouri player in his face, and then, well, what's the Missouri player supposed to do? He's got to grab something, so he ends up grabbing the guy's, the horse collar part of the guy's jersey, pulls him down, and, well, there's 15 yards. My point is if... If offensive face masks, if you can just stiff arm a guy and grab his face mask and that's legal, apparently that's legal, I don't know. I, I'll be honest, I haven't gone into the rule books. I'm pretty sure you can have an offensive face mask. So this idea that you can just stiff arm people right into their face mask, that's got to be called. It has to be. If there's hands to the face on offensive linemen for blocking, then why wouldn't it be the same deal on ball carriers for face mask. Face mask the guy in his chest. You can't face mask a guy in his face anymore because guess what? He's going to then reach. He can't see anything 
and he grabs you and then pulls you down by your horse collar? Like, I'm sorry, that's on the ball carrier. At the very least, those should be offsetting penalties. Because again, as the defender, what am I supposed to do there? I have to tackle the guy, but I don't know where I'm grabbing because, again, you've put your hands in my face. Now I'm looking straight up in the air, just like trying to grab blindly in the dark here. To me, there's got to be some kind of rule interpretation change there or a point of emphasis of, hey, if we're going to call hands to the face and face mask really closely, well, the ball carrier shouldn't be allowed to do it either. That's just my opinion. And coming up on this program, Listen, at this point, I really like the Dennis Gates era. It's been fun basketball, but unfortunately, this Isaiah Mosley thing is weird and starting to overshadow the start of the season a little bit. And frankly, I don't believe anything Dennis Gates says about Isaiah Mosley at this point. But here's what you got to believe. Simply Safe is by far the best home security you can possibly buy because not only is it affordable. It's also one of the easiest things you can possibly imagine. They send it to you. They give you exactly what you want. The sensors you want for your house, windows, doors, glass breaks, whatever you feel like you need, a really loud alarm. Well, they'll send it right to you. And guess what? You're going to install it yourself because all you got to do is take the sensors Peel a little thing off the back and stick it on the wall, stick it on the door, stick it on your window. It truly is as simple as that. And that's why Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report for the third straight year. So don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any. New Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on college. There's no safe like Simply Safe. So remember after the exhibition game when people were wondering, huh, that's strange. I wonder why Isaiah Mosley didn't start. Well, after that game, Dennis Gates told us, hey, I just picked five random starters, you know, just want to keep my kids off balance. Well, like Maury Povich, I have determined that statement to be a lie. I'm sorry, there's no way that that's true because Missouri has had the same starting lineup in the two subsequent regular season games. And well, Isaiah Mosley played 16 minutes in the opener, played zero Yes, that's right. No minutes, as I'm sure you noticed if you watched that Missouri Penn game. So the explanation for Dennis Gates, though, much more truthful this time around. Dennis said Isaiah Mosley was a coach's decision DNP tonight, said he was available, but a lot of guys didn't play, said the team has depth, no further issue. Wow. A DNP coach's decision. So unless Isaiah Mosley has decided to stop going to class or something like that, which who knows, this could be some sort of off the court message being sent. The rumor is he had some kind of run in with a coach during the secret scrimmage. I don't know how accurate that is. Again, this is all rumors and speculation on my part. So if it is something off the court, well, honestly, I hope it's that. And I hope Isaiah gets his head screwed on correctly because 
What I'm a little worried about is that maybe he's not quite as much of an asset as I was assuming, because if you look at this team, well, certainly Missouri has scored plenty of points in the first two ball games, 97 and 92. In fact, the 97 in the opener, Missouri's most points in regulation since all the way back in December of 2017. So clearly this team is putting the ball in the hole. They're playing really fast and they're not having much trouble scoring whatsoever, at least early so far in the season. On the other hand, the defense has left a lot to be desired, not only in terms of rim protection without Aiden Shaw. I mean, forget about that, really. We we knew that was going to be the case, but we also had a real difficult time defending the three-point line and just dribble penetration that opens up those driving kicks for open three-pointers. So perhaps the message here to Isaiah Mosley is, hey, we score just fine. We don't need a guy who's going to try to go out there and maybe hog the ball. You know, again, this is all speculation on my part because I'm just frankly stunned that we're here at this point. We're two games in, two real games in, and we're already Isaiah Mosley has taken a DNP coach's decision. I mean, you could have gotten me to bet a lot of money against that particular outcome before the season because I really do believe in Mosley as a player, as an offensive player, and especially when you saw his ability to pass the basketball here early, I'm just stunned that whatever the problem is, I'm like like all of you. I'm searching for answers. I'm grasping for straws because on paper, this just doesn't make a lot of sense. Again, the only thing I can say is, Maybe he just really, really hates Mosley's defense and feels like, hey, this team is kind of a sieve right now defensively anyway. Maybe I need to send a message here, but I don't know, man. That just feels really weird. There's got to be something more to it than that. There just has to be. The good news is, is once again, I was watching Mosley. He put on his headband in the second half as if he might go into the ball game. Hey, Jackson Francois was sitting next to him, dapping him up, keeping him involved. Again, it doesn't seem like Mosley is moping over there necessarily, but I don't know how much longer we can continue to treat him like an afterthought. It's just, for as much as I've enjoyed this start to the Missouri basketball team, that part truly is disappointing. And I think, obviously, if you're going to see the best version of this Missouri basketball team, well, eventually Isaiah Mosley is going to have to be a significant a part of it. All right. Well, thanks once again for joining me here on the locked on Mizzou podcast and making it your first listen for your next listen. Check out once again, locked on sports today, the big stories, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on Odyssey, YouTube, and wherever you get yo podcasts. So until Monday, we'll talk about the Missouri Lindenwood basketball game. Of course, So I'll see you then right here on Locked on Mizzou.